to the Common Wheel Podcast. In this episode, we are visited by all of the other apprentices of the 2024 class, Hannah Heil, Tom Teeter, and Joseph Sheridan. We chat about our work thus far on our apprentice capstone, The Effect by Lucy Preble. This is a drama about two people who meet during a medical trial on a new antidepressant. We also talk about our pre-show rituals for She Loves Me, and we reflect a little bit on our time as apprentices thus far. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. today as we have the honor of welcoming the other apprentices. The apprentice, as you may say. So that's what we call ourselves. Yeah. Let's go around the circle and introduce a little bit about where you're from, what kind of theater work you've done, and a little introduction into the administrative or artistic roles that you have in The Effect, which is by Lucy Preble and will be our capstone project, which will show in March. I'll go first. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Hannah Heil. I use she, her pronouns. I am from Colorado. I went to school at NYU Steinhardt. And um, my roles for our capstone are I am tag teaming the marketing with Josie as the graphic designer. Um, I am going to be our costume designer and our designer for the projections that we'll have in the, in the capstone, as well as performing. All right. Hello. Yeah. Uh, my name is Thomas Teeter. I uh, am an actor and playwright and dancer hailing from the great state of Kansas. <laughs> um, and I will be heading up props and uh, working in development for the effect. All right. Uh, I'm Joseph. I'm from Columbus, Ohio, originally. I went to school at Miami University, which is in Ohio, not Florida. Um, before coming here, I did a lot of work uh, on new work. I was the head of a theater company called New Wave Theater that did new, new student-written shows. Um, and for the effect, I am going to be our lighting designer, and I'm also our company manager. What about you, Sin? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I kind of talked, we kind of talked about our education in the first episode, but if you're a poser and didn't listen to the first episode, <laughs> I have a BA, I have a BA in theater tech and design and theater history. Um, and I've done as much as I could do, but mostly stage management, dramaturgy, and intimacy. And for the effect, I will be stage managing, dramaturgy, intimacy director. My design role is scenic, and then my administration role is head of production. And um, for a refresher, for also those who may not have either fully listened or fully processed or <laughs> listened at all to <laughs> our first episode. It's a lot of shade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I went to Luther College. I got a BA in theater, mostly focused on acting and directing when I was there. But then for the effect, I am the marketing director and the sound designer. Woo, woo. 
Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to burst their eardrums. Burst their <laughs> eardrums. Um, so let's kind of focus on right now our design roles and kind of talk about like what drew you to the design role that you ended up having. I guess we can kind of just go in the same order, or if you're thinking, whoever has an answer first can go. I'm happy to start again. Okay. Um, so for my design roles in the effect, I chose, I leaned towards costuming and projections because creatively, I'm really confident about like my visual sense. And that's the same reason why I volunteered to graphic design as well. So. I think just aesthetically, like the way some colors go together, the way things are laid out on stage or on somebody's body, if we're talking about a costume, those kind of things come quite naturally to me. And I think both of those areas are also super collaborative, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm not somebody who like holds tightly onto my work. I like to hear what other people have to say. So I'm excited to see what comes from that process. Uh, yeah, I am not a designer uh, traditionally. It's, it's not something I've done a lot of work in, but with the effect, it, it was very personal for me because I come from a, uh, a family <laughs> of, hey. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I come from a family of doctors, so I've just been surrounded by uh, medicine and medical equipment a lot of my life so going into props with this it's something I'm both very familiar with and it's also something that's very technical the the effect calls for a lot of um, a lot of medical procedures um, in, including blood draws and um, IV and so finding a way to represent that on stage is such an interesting challenge so um I have never had a designer role prior to this. I've done a lot of production work in other areas, directing, stage managing, etc. Um, but I've always been really interested in lighting design. I'm not very good with stuff, <laughs> so um, the idea of doing something like props is really overwhelming to me. And um, I really love the kind of level of abstraction um, that is brought through the lighting design space. And it's been really exciting to just chat with everyone else and, and collaborate and yes and each other with all of these design areas. And I feel like I have a lot of flexibility because, uh, you know, there's just a lot you can do with, with lights. Yeah. And I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but like you talking about like you liking to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, like I just think that I will forever remember that other night where we all just like sat for hours yeah. and just like it was like uh, it was so good and it's just going to be like one of the when I think back to the effect like that's going to be a core memory of it is like mm -hmm. just like us sitting down and just like geeking out it was so fun yeah. getting yeah. so excited over it you know mm -hmm. and all our creative juices yeah. were flowing yeah. together yeah. it was great yeah. I think one thing that I'm running into a little bit is that like we all have so many great, amazing ideas. And then like, I'll hear an idea and I'll be like, yes, that's perfect, we're gonna do it. And then I get feedback from someone like Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, valid and good to hear that we need to 
you know, hone our expertise a little bit. Um, but I just, I love having opportunities to just bounce things off of each other. I think it's so fun. Yeah. Oh, me. Um, <laughs> so I have set design twice, and I've been assist assistant scenic designer for a few shows. And, you know, in college, I built all of the sets. Um, and I wanted a design role that I felt like I could really challenge myself and push something next level that I've never tried before. And I think that's like one of the reasons why the effect, like why I, I was so drawn to the effect from any aspect, but like scenic specifically is like, there are just like so many ways that you can go, but there are so many challenges of making sure that you give the audience what they need and like, it's like it's just been I'm so glad that we're finally having production meetings because it's just mm -hmm. been mm -hmm. so fun to like hear how so many people interpret how this like one thing can look it's been a lot of fun yeah I think um, one of the reasons that I was drawn to doing the sound design specifically is because it's something that I've never done but in this environment, we are so encouraged to do things that we've never done and to just try things. And everyone here is so helpful and so willing to sit down with you and like Literally. teach you things. And like, Joseph, I think of Paul mm -hmm. and like, Paul was the light, what's his last name? Captain. Captain. He was the lighting designer for Women in Jeopardy um, and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And he's just someone like, I was helping him during tech for a few hours and he was explaining so much to me mm -hmm. that it was just interesting and, and fun and encouraging that we can just be in this environment. Um, but with the sound design, I've always loved music. I feel like I can talk to anyone about music. Like me and Tom can listen to <laughs> indie French music. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you didn't know a foundational element of our She Loves Me process. <laughs> and listening to French music. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I didn't know that. I knew both of you liked French music, but I didn't know it was like a thing. It is it's, a thing. It's, <laughs> it's still my warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if you see me just on my own in the theater, you're like, what's, what's in his head? It's, it's, it's indie French pop music. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you most excited for or most worried about? for when thinking about the project, either in your design role, your administrative role, or just generally? I'm so excited because it's it's a rare opportunity for all of us as, as young theater professionals to have a near complete creative control over a project um, in every aspect. And I'm terrified because, because we have complete, almost complete creative control and it's yeah. so much. Mm. And we have the opportunity to do so much with it, um, but it's, it's going to be a lot of work. And, but that's also very exciting as well. I think I'm most excited about, I mean, everything about the project really, really excites me. But especially where we are in the process now, the script is like blowing my mind. Um, for the listeners, The Effect by Lucy Preble was originally written um, 
in London. Lucy Preble is a British playwright. And the script also has an American version that we were approved to perform the American version. But just recently, we got permission to kind of combine the scripts to make like this ultimate story because both versions have really great aspects but knowing that we get to like bring the best parts of each to one show is just like so exciting to me and the script I think is just the most solid like part of the show I mean that's where you start from so yeah makes sense huge props to um Lucy Preble and her agency for being <laughs> so responsive to us. Yeah, thank you, Lucy. I know, know. you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, something that I've been thinking about a lot is, like, it's so weird for me to be... <laughs> Period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Period. <laughs> it's... it's I've been thinking a, a, a lot about how weird it feels to me to be a designer and have a role that you also comment and manage other designers' work. That it's, it is a very weird type of collaboration to work with. Because not only are you managing those people, but you're also collaborating with that, those people as a designer. So it's very interesting. But one of the things that I'm most excited about is the table work. Um, just like after finishing my dramaturgy case book, like just how much real life information that will just give these characters life is so exciting. And like I found the trial that the effect is based on and like the story is crazy and like I'm just so excited to like just have these conversations about these fictional characters and like bring them to life. It yeah, it's gonna be great. And the characters feel so real to Literally. me. Literally. Yeah. So as the uh, company manager, my biggest fear is probably how excited we get about things that cost money. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> So we do have a very generous budget for the show, um, and but you know when we were all talking the other night, it's like yeah, and then this, and then this, and then this, and this. How much does that poster cost? Um, you know the the way that we're gonna have to balance um, our excitement over these elements with um, you know making it work within our budget is gonna be an interesting balance. But I'm I'm really excited to take on that challenge, and I think that it's. Um, it's not going to be super daunting once we actually get into right. figuring out what we really, really need. Um, but you know, it's because we're so excited about these things that we're dreaming so big, and it's better to pull back from a big dream than to fall short on, you know, mm -hmm. not dreaming big at all. Right. Yeah. And also figuring out like what big dreams like you can put the budget towards and be like, okay, we can't do this, so how are we going to do it without that money? But we mm -hmm. still it's still important enough to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, it creates such cool conversations. Yeah, and, like, similar to having to balance our passion for something with the budget, it's also, like, our passion for something with the time that we have mm -hmm. and the time mm -hmm. that we need to allot to each role. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that all of us could spend 
the whole entire process doing just one of our Balls. jobs. Yeah. Oh, right, our yeah. jobs. And it, it would be great, it would be awesome, but then there's also these other two or three or however many things that we have to balance mm-hmm. um, in a short amount of time, which I think is just, it's gonna be a challenge, but in a really fun and exciting and stimulating way. Mm-hmm. And on that, how do you feel like, especially people who have like only, who have not done any admin or design work, like, what has kind of your like internal process been like, you know, having at least three roles and having two thirds of them be something that you've never done before? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like I can speak on this because I didn't really mention before, but I am like primarily a performer. Musical theater is where I like make my home and that's, that's my gig. So <laughs> I've never had a design role before. But I think back, like, this career, even as a performer, you have to be, like, incredibly organized and motivated. Like, I make my own website. Like, I've made my friends' websites. Like, there are different projects in my life that I've had to balance and, like, pull those different skills out to do. So I'm kind of having a similar, like, feeling working on this project as I've done with, like, auxiliary projects in the past. Um, but (laughs) balancing like all of it at one time is definitely different. And sometimes my brain feels like it's overflowing. So I've made myself like a mega checklist with everything in one place, because as Josie said, like we could choose to focus on one role for like a certain amount of time, but because we have an opening night that is, you know, it's not that far away (laughs) so you have to be working on all your roles at once Um, so for me I just like to get all the information in one place as opposed to splitting it up because I'm kind of afraid if I put things in different places I'm gonna miss something that's how I feel too yeah (laughs) what Tom as a very disorganized person (laughs) um, I mean I think it's interesting At, at this point uh, especially for those of us who are primarily performers, it, it does feel like the design elements and the administrative elements are taking precedence. And I think there's a there's an ebb and flow to all of it um, that you kind of just have to roll with the punches. If you are, you know, in rehearsal for five days a week, you know, sometimes... That's going to change the balance. Yeah, that's going to change the balance. But right now, I think we've we've really been trying to front load a lot of those. And, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's doing stuff I, I've never done before, um, trying to put together a just a way of, of thinking out how the props are going to look in, in these very early stages, but yeah, it's, Sorry to interrupt no, it's, you. it's all just very exciting. Yeah, um, I was going to say, like, because we're all in our early stages yeah. of these designs especially, so it's like, how do I make a choice while other people's choices are changing, so then it changes my trajectory. It's really exciting, but it, like, I'm somebody who loves to get to a final draft as soon yeah. as possible, and that's just not how theater works. <laughs> yeah, especially design work. Like, yeah. even like for She Loves Me, like I remember when they were trying to figure out how to do like the hospital scene. It was like cue to cue where they finally put John yeah. in the moat, and then Th- Thomas had to hang the light in the moat. Like it is John's just like, in the moat. Yeah, in the hospital scene. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Wait, what? <laughs> we're never on stage. Yeah, I yeah. never when, knew. When um, so Hal and Josiah <laughs> yeah. are talking, 
he's over listening. Yeah, he's listening in the middle. Oh. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, that was like in tech. Right. Or like, yeah. there were so many curtains in She Loves Me that was added the first day oh, of yeah. tech. Like, it is just always, it's constantly changing until we can't change it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will say, I love how collaborative it's it's been. I mean, for me, I, I walked into our first production meeting with a concept for props that was almost opposite to what, <laughs> to what the director said. And I said, oh, okay, oh, we're going to have to rethink this. And I think that's that's been the case with a lot of our brainstorming sessions right. of, like, everything changing and yeah. melding around well, each like other. That, that omnipresent question of how can I get across this artistic idea that I want to get across in a way that gels neatly with all of the other design areas. Mm -hmm. Because when I first came into that concept meeting, I had a totally different perception of how my lighting concept was going to work, because I thought I was going to have the whole site to work with. I thought there was going to be a lot less um, space taken up by, by scenic work. Uh, and then after talking with Synth, it's been really exciting to kind of explore the possibility of using LED strips. And like, I've been going on a research rabbit hole for that for the last couple of days. And it's been really fun and exciting. Bah. 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 Bah humbug. <laughs> and uh, something that has, like, something that I feel like I've really realized this week is like, as like when I'm a director or when I'm a stage manager, I'm always like, I do not like when designers like die on a hill. Like it's one of my least favorite things. And then <laughs> as, a as a designer, I'm like, I'm I will show them hill. that I am right. <laughs> there is no hill. I am just right. So then we there went into the concept no. meeting. And while our director didn't necessarily like, shoot down my initial idea, how I envisioned my initial idea, I just did not see it melding with his concept. Mm -hmm. um, and at first I was like, I don't want to change this. This was a really good idea. But then like when we thought of that other idea and like it just, then all of a sudden every single design aspect was starting to meld instead of feeling like separate design yeah. aspects, then that change became really exciting. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like this entire week I've just been, like, kind of going through this, like, internal change of, like, you, like, every time something changes, you can still turn it into something that you like and that makes you passionate. Mm -hmm. And, like, through this change, like, I feel like the passion has grown even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we don't know what changes are to come Right. Yeah. that are, like, something that we can be excited about rather than, like, oh, I wish my ideas would stop changing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just going to build and get, they're going to bloom. They're going to yeah. blossom. Who knows? Maybe in a month, ball will be a memory. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> we trademarked her. <laughs> Special thanks. Special ba. thanks, Ball. <laughs> Put it in the program. I'm really confused about this. What, what you don't remember? Ball. Big yeah. ass wall. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? The you listeners are also really glad that you asked that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, great. So moving, looking at some of our process from a 
little bit of a bigger perspective. Um, what sort of advice would you give to future apprentices regarding either the capstone as where we are right now in the process or just the apprenticeship as a whole? Oh God. I think my, my piece of advice for future apprentices is to learn, to use this opportunity to learn how to be the best collaborator. And like, a good collaborator isn't just someone that is always like, okay, I'll take that idea, and like constantly working with suggestions and things like that. But a good collaborator is also advocating for yourself and standing mm -hmm. up for what you think is important for your role and for the overall story. Um, because like, for me, I think that some of the best people that I've worked with and some of my favorite collaborators have been people who have told me that something that I did was not good or it wasn't up to par or like just things like that and like but also those same people have been my biggest advocates in the room mm -hmm. and like that is where you truly make magic and not only this capstone but this apprenticeship gives you a whole 11 months to just really figure out the type of artist that you want to be, specifically how you want to collaborate with your colleagues and your contemporaries. Mm -hmm. I think something that I would encourage future apprenti to do, and honestly, like any theater maker, this goes for any position, but you can't get what you want without asking for it. And I think, especially as a performer, like, there's this notion of, like, I have to wait for somebody to give me the job. And that's just kind of how the system is set up. But so many times, like, this apprenticeship has a million opportunities mm -hmm. for any apprentice. Like, no matter what your primary career goal is, you can learn about every aspect of a theater company. Like, when Lori picked me up from the airport, as soon as I got in the car, I was like, Lori, I really want to assist and direct the musical. And it's like we started the conversation about it like we wouldn't have gotten these script changes if we didn't ask right and there's just so many little things that I feel like especially young artists are taught to like stay quiet and yeah. listen and wait and your turn wait your turn yes. and it is very important to observe and I think it's very important to take all those lessons in but when you know you want to grow in a certain area, or if you're really passionate about an idea, even when we pitched the effect to our director, like, again, it's just like, if you want it, you can ask for it. Right, you don't right. have to wait for anybody to say, what do you want? Just go to them first. Be like, this is what I want to do. I have a plan. I want to work with so-and-so. Mm -hmm. Like, it's up to you to really continue the motivation of your learning. Yeah. yeah. It's a total glass ceiling, I feel like. There's been yeah. like so many times when I've wanted something and I I ask and then it's it's able to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like these perceived limitations that at a company like this, they kind of really don't exist. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and just to echo off of that, I just really encourage anyone who comes here to look past the letter of your contract in terms of what you can do. Because mm -hmm. like Hannah was saying, you know, like both 
she and I came in here and were like, hey, I would like to do other things also as well, please. And you know that it, it <laughs> asking works. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, just finding ways to be engaged that aren't necessarily like, I'm coming to the show at this time, I'm going to do the show, and I'm going to go home and wait for someone else to tell me what other things I can do here. And like this podcast, you guys did that entirely on your own, you know? And it really enriches the experience. Yeah, I mean, and if you choose this apprenticeship, like, do that. Like, every other thing that I applied for, I would have just been doing stage management. Mm -hmm. Like, what would be the point of doing this apprenticeship and just being like, no, I just, I'm going to stay in my lane. Like, it would just be. Yeah, branch out. Yeah. And like, this is the perfect opportunity to. Like, literally a few days ago, I learned how to sew and that was like, I'm not touching it. (laughs) I'm not touching that. But then I was like, okay, I guess I'll do this because (laughs) I, I, because I have the opportunity to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like, the fact that our contract is so long is one of the reasons that we're able to do all of these things. So like, if you are thinking about an apprenticeship or you know, are listening back to this podcast, whatever, investing in those opportunities and investing in the long period of time that you have mm-hmm. to really make the most out of what you're doing. Because, because it is so long, I think it can be easy to really settle into a rhythm and settle into like what is given to you when you can capitalize on that and like really take growth from that and take advantage of that. And I think that's, yeah, that's just such a great thing. And it's so rare for you to have such a long contract. And it might be something you completely don't expect. Like I was really nervous the first day we did a changeover. And I, cause I was like, I'm not good with stuff. I'm not good with moving things. I feel like I'm just going to be a bumbling idiot walking around the stage. And I was for a few weeks. But then by the time we started having like Jekyll and Hyde stuff in there, I felt like I was even a, a leader in one of the, in the changeover setting. And like people would like look to me as someone who might know what's happening next. And you know, like you can really surprise yourself. Practice makes permanent, yeah. but practice makes perfect. You, you, learn, you learn as you go. Building skills takes a long time. Yeah. And Joseph, one thing, I already brought this up to all of the other apprentices. Um, in January, we'll be releasing some apprentice spotlight things. And in one of the questions, it was, Joseph's answer said something about how a lot of, con- I don't know, what, can you put it in your yeah. words, Joseph? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. Don't yeah. know exactly what it was, but I liked it. Appreciate it. Um, that confidence has a lot to do with your circumstances and your familiarity with those circumstances. And that building back that confidence comes with, you know, taking the time and undergoing the process of learning a new skill and really being willing to take yourself back down to that level. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's so real. <laughs> yeah. Silence for that. <laughs> Tom, do you have any advice for Pentari? Oh, gosh. Um, in general, yeah, I'd, I'd really just echo what everyone else has said. I mean, this apprenticeship truly is so unique in theater. Um, and I think it's an opportunity not only to really explore what you 
specifically want to do in theater, but also how you want to live. Because, um, you know, this place, which offers artists, you know, a salary, which is rare uh, for working artists uh, and, a, and a, a permanent spot in a singular community. I, I think it's really important to, you know, be really immersed in that and really notice what that version of life as an artist is like, especially compared to, you know, other ways you can make a life as an artist, you know, like in a city or um, doing uh, contract work. Or uh, touring or... Or touring. Oh my, I have, yeah, I have friends in touring companies right now and, you know, they're living their best life. It's very different. It's very. <laughs> it's very different. Um, and so, yeah, that and take all you can. Um, with the capstone and working with other apprentices, I think we've been we've been very lucky that I think we just day one really all got along and liked each other. But yeah, just communicate. I, I think a lot of things that could have been arguments or falling outs um, were really prevented by us just being very clear and communicative. Um, and that's really the best way to move forward. Definitely artistically, probably in life. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, since all of us are involved in some capacity in She Loves Me, I think it would be fun to hear a little bit about people's either pre-show routines or like what you're doing when you're waiting for curtain, things like that. Little behind the scenes mm -hmm. secrets. <laughs> um, I mean, I have a, a pretty um, laid out pre-show routine that took a little bit of time during tech to, to you know, know what I do. But um, I think it's kind of funny. I like do my eye makeup as the very first thing. And then with half of my makeup on, I go do my vocal warm up in the fire escape. <laughs> and then I come back and do the rest of my makeup. Um, but something that's a little more exciting than that, um, Josie and I have a little bit that we do every show. <laughs> and it changes every show. Um, and uh, it's one of those things that we just get to bring out a funny little idea on stage mm -hmm. and try and make our fellow cast members crack a smile. Yeah. <laughs> and then we scurry off. And that's all I'll say, because... Secrets are secrets. Secrets are secrets. Yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy. <laughs> crazy stuff. <laughs> Well, you listen to French music. I, I listen to <laughs> French pop music. I, I stretch. Uh, we have, uh, of course, Fall Call, where we run through um, some of the dance music. I'll I, I yell at Tom every time he <laughs> drops a wine bottle. Yeah, I, I have a terrible habit of doing acrobatics with, with the wine bottles. Uh, and it works 90% of the time. And then 10% of the time, it makes the most noise you've ever heard, ever. Um yeah, it, it's awkward for me because I don't go on until about an hour into the show. And I'm helping out backstage, but I've really got a lot of downtime. So, uh, yeah, I, I stretch, I warm up my voice. I kind of have to do that again right before I go on stage. But, yeah, French pop music. I play uh, two games of chess, um, uh, blitz chess, and uh, that decides how my day is going to go. Um and then, yeah, sometimes, <sighs> I don't know, once, 
I like just disappeared into the bowels of the theater for like 30 minutes <laughs> and like sat on the couch and read and no one noticed but like the mechanical room Oh yeah. The oh, God. The bowels. <laughs> it's um, nobody got a lot of stuff. That's like oh I'm my gosh. Feel. My I was in a production of Les Mis when I was a teenager in my hometown, and my dad actually played the priest, which was like super <laughs> cute. Mm-hmm. But you know, the priest, if you know the show, is only in the very beginning of the show, yeah. and then comes back for like the curtain call, basically. And my dad would literally go home during the show. <laughs> After his scene, he would go all the way home, and then like two hours later, he would just come back for curtain call. Hal, Hal has a great story of working yeah. as a professional actor in San Francisco for this play. I think it's a, was it Eugene O'Neill, uh, where he was in the first scene, and they made him come back for curtain call. So he'd like, it was him and another actor, and they'd like go out, they'd go for like a five-mile run. Sometimes and they'd... they'd Shower. They'd shower. Oh um, I think they said they used to meet their wives for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then go back. And go and back and go get back. back into costume. Wow. It's and then take a bow. Wow. Yep. Yeah. That's that's what I do. I, I haven't told anyone, but I am married. Um. <laughs> what about you, Justin? Oh, I just um stretch i in order to warm up my voice i've discovered about myself that i don't really love doing a lot of vocalizations and so my favorite thing is i like to sing a few tunes that i know and i know pretty much the exact range of every song in my repertoire and so i i use different songs to warm up different parts of my voice and get um get get myself ready for the show and sometimes i'm just having a good time and just keep singing uh, on stage yeah. up until like like five-ish minutes before the house opens so same oh i love to like just sing during my warm-up mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's lovely to hear it from them yeah thank you <laughs> i realized today that you can hear everything on stage from um like in the events hall but like when you step out in the, into the lobby you can't hear it even when the mics really? are off really yes interesting wow. maybe something that. with the like acoustics That's yeah or it's like it's just like so loud in the booth Anna, you're projecting too much <laughs> no such thing no such thing yeah. um well i pretty ha- i pretty much have my pre-show <laughs> routine laid out for me i have a very nice spreadsheet that i made um but little fun things is I listen to music up until house opens, um, and I do the fall call, which is fun. Yell at Tom. Yep. Um, you pop your head into the fire escape to oh, give yes. me the time. Yeah, I'm always going into the small dressing room and peeing. Um, <laughs> probably like five times throughout the entire night, and then usually. Cody and Alex are doing gymnastics in the grid, and I go up there, or I have to spot them, um, so that's fun. Um, and then once the once the house opens, I just kind of go out to front of house and chill and hang, and then uh, go back and forth. Yeah. And then we we start the show, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I like I try to be as like mellow and chill and funny and weird as possible before the show just so like you know people kind of like 
he's into it. And they know that, like, me as the stage manager is not being, like, this is supposed to be the most perfect show ever. Um, so, like, also, like, I feel like a part of my routine is also, like, seeing kind of what things that happened yesterday and how last, like, you know, the previous performance and how I can support, um, all of you and making sure that that doesn't affect anything and that you're still feeling good about what you're doing on stage. Um, but yeah. I think one thing that has kind of, Hannah and I have been doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, usually one of us will bring a speaker into the small dressing room and we'll be playing music. And I am completely obsessed with Troy Savant. Like I cannot get enough of Troy Savant. And so we'll play one of your girls, and sometimes on special days we'll get up and we'll do the little TikTok dance that we learned. <laughs> well, the dance from the damn music video. You're right. You're right. Not just the TikTok. Not just TikTok. Yeah. It's the OG. It's, mm -hmm. Is that the one you taught all of us? Yes. yes. <laughs> on Sid's birthday party, um, Joseph unfortunately was confined to his room due to COVID. Hey. But we had a little mini gathering and taught everyone the one of your girls dance by Charles Vaughn. Oh my God. So I forgot about that. Completely forgot about that. Like the last time you brought it up, I was like, "What do you mean?" You're like, "Was me? that a dream?" <laughs> 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 that that entire. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone wants to see the dance, ask, ask, ask Alex, you shall receive. ask us. Yeah, we'll we'll give it to you. <laughs> um, another thing that I do is. Before the cafe romantic atmosphere dance, um, I will stretch my one leg. <laughs> my leg that I kick up during the fall. And I really should stretch both of my legs, but I only really have enough time to thoroughly stretch my one leg. <laughs> so, so we'll see at the end of the run like how unbalanced my flexibility is. Like an, you're an inch higher on, on one leg. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and their leg goes high. It's really high. Yeah, it went high today. I was stretching good today. <laughs> Those high schoolers need to be gagged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should do a side by side comparison uh, of my legs. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes I we can cut this out if we want to, but sometimes I wish that this podcast wasn't a part of something that was a contract because I'd love for it to get big enough to where we can start record like videoing it you know uh -huh. and have like visuals that would be funny <laughs> yeah. that would be that hilarious. Would hilarious okay today we're gonna look at Josie's legs <laughs> see how they've been affected <laughs> by their poor planning <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> her and to kind of wrap up this podcast and also give the listeners some more things about the effect how would you describe the effect with one word visceral I'm sad <laughs> one word can't say anything else <laughs> Have you told the listeners of the podcast like what the effect is about? 
Not really, but I think the one word is a great All word. right. Yeah. This is all you get to know right now. Mm-hmm. And everything else we talked about <laughs> earlier. <laughs> yeah, this, isn't, this isn't fair. You've been doing all the marketing, like, <laughs> the punchy <laughs> lines. Um, I'll, 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 my one word will be mechanical. Hmm. I think mine's connection. Mm-hmm. I think mine is mind-bending. Ooh. That's a good one. Marketing director. Yeah. <laughs> Put in the tag. I think it will be, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> Ooh. Um. Tom's too verbose for one I, word. I know. Have you heard... Yeah, have, have you listened to any of my responses tonight? <laughs> I'm, my mind keeps put, just filling in chemical. Mm-hmm. Which is... Yeah. So true. It's, yeah. it's so true. There's so true much chemistry it's between e- so many people. Yeah. Yeah. And Physically, emotionally, and, uh, and drugs. Biology, yeah. Yeah. On a molecular level. <laughs> good word, Tom. Thank you. Yeah, yeah good word. Well, thanks for joining us today. It was so much fun to do this with our fellow apprentices. So looking forward to it. So good. (laughs) Oh, like literally. (laughs) (laughs) We just looked back to the beginning. Catch the effect. I think it's like March 7th through the 23rd. It's the 8th through the 23rd. 8th through the 23rd. And the 7th is a preview. The 8th is the preview. And then the 9th we open. Yes. But the 7th is an invited dress. Oh, yes, yes, yes. episode we'll be reflecting on our time in the 2023 season including listening to our bloopers and outtakes for the first time together if you have topics you'd like to hear about or suggestions and feedback there's still a little time so shoot us an email at josie at commonwealtheater.org or synth.gonzalez at commonwealtheater.org to end the 2023 season we will be posting back-to-back podcasts as a little holiday gift (laughs) you can listen to them on spotify red circle or commonwealtheater.org See you next time.